You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. Some of y'all know, uh, last Sunday, in fact, some of y'all were there, uh, that uh, I was up last weekend in Athens for the glorious occasion of the wedding of Will Groover and Hope Dooley. And y'all, it, it, was, it was just lovely. It was absolutely beautiful. And from my perspective, from what I could see, um, everybody there was happy. They were happy to be there. Um, they were happy for Will and Hope. And, and that's kind of where their attention was focused was on the bride and the groom and their love for one another. And that's really what a wedding should be like. Uh, I'm telling you that because I'm telling them a little bit, which was in the days leading up to the wedding, they might not have been quite so calm and happy. (laughs) All right. There might have been a little sort of uh, franticness there for them as well, to the point that occasionally when I saw them, I would tell them, look, the only thing that really matters is that the two of you are going to be there on Saturday and that I'm going to be there on Saturday. Because if we got that, we're good. Everything else is an extra. It may be important extras, but it's not essential to the wedding. We just need a bride, a groom, somebody to marry them, and two witnesses, which if we have to, we can drag in off the street. Because when it boils right down to it, what is a wedding actually about? What's a wedding about? Marriage between two people. It's about marriage. Yeah, okay. Right. (laughs) A little more detail than that. Okay. It's about love. That's right. It is about the bride and the groom and their love for one another, which is, of course, a reflection of God's love for them and God's love for all of us. That's the main thing. Everything else is an extra. And so in the days leading up to weddings, sometimes it's important to help the bride and groom keep the main thing the main thing. Now, curiously, when I came back from the wedding last week, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, uh, another friend of mine, and I want, this is important, I want y'all to know this is nobody in our congregation. Y'all do not know these people. Okay, um, He called me because he and his wife are having a hard time. I mean, a really hard time. And he's not sure what's going to happen. And he said, can we come talk to you? I said, listen, I'm not a marriage therapist, but absolutely come talk to me and let's see, uh, let's see what we can figure out. Now, um, they started dating about 10 years ago. They got married about six years ago and had this adorable little baby about three years ago. And now there's some problems because things are not like they used to be. That comes as a shock to all of us. (laughs) But what was clear to me in just our brief conversation is that maybe they too need to remember what the main thing is and to keep the main thing the main thing. That the point of them being married is their love for one another. And then how that love is a reflection of God's love for them and how that love spills out onto their love for their child 
for one another and how they live together because they love each other. All of which gets us to the gospel reading for today. And when I was looking at this gospel reading, I had the same thought about it that I frequently have about the first chapter of Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible. How's that start? In the beginning. In the beginning. God, God created the heavens and the earth. Exactly. Y'all know the rest. We don't have to go through it yeah, word right. by word. But sometimes I think, you know what? You could just start with, in the beginning, God, and stop right there. In the beginning, God. There's the whole story in four words. All the rest is an extra. And if you look at the gospel reading for today, we kind of get a similar thing. Jesus said, if you love me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate who will be with you forever. But it starts with, if you love me. And I think for us, who call ourselves Christians, for us who are followers of Jesus, that is the main thing. If we love Jesus. That is, at its most basic level, the purpose of the church. It's for us to love Jesus. Now, you think about all the other stuff that churches do. You think about all the other stuff that we do, you know, like try to print bulletins and crank out weekly emails and provide Wi-Fi to people who come into our building. Um, on a more serious note, to provide spaces for groups to meet. Groups really that accomplish things like, you know, the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts, like um, AA and NA and our wonderful food pantry. I mean, those are really valuable programs and ministries and offerings that, that we give to the community around us. And you think about stuff like what's coming up in a couple of weeks, Pentecost in the Park, where we all get to get together outside, right, have a lot of fun, sing some old-timey gospel music, and enjoy one another. These are things that the church does. These are things that the church should do, but they're not the main thing. And if those sorts of things become the main thing for us, then we turn the church into either a nonprofit or a social club. And guess what? If that's what we want, there are better social clubs and better nonprofits out there than the church is ever going to be. Because the church's business is to create disciples of Jesus. The church's business is to shape us into people who first and foremost love Jesus. And we do all of those other things because we love Jesus. I was also last couple weeks having a conversation with a good friend of mine from Atlanta um, who's, who's been wrestling with her own vocation to the priesthood and she's talked to the, her parish priests about it and she's gone through uh, the, the beginning of the discernment process in, in that diocese asking the questions and, and her experience of that has been less than rewarding. Mostly they've tried to talk everybody out of it. 
And when she's talked to them about why she wants to do this, she doesn't get anywhere. And what I suggested to her was, why don't you go to one of the priests at your church and ask them to tell you about their love for Jesus and just see what they say. And she said, well, you know, curiously, we had a program about that last spring where one, it was during Lent, where one Sunday, uh, one priest each Sunday was going to take up the, the Christian Formation Hour to do that. And the first one did it. And uh, what they did was go through and give them a list of every metaphor for Jesus that they could find in the New Testament. But nothing about their love for Jesus. And I wonder if somebody were to come and ask us individually, tell me about your love for Jesus, would we be better prepared? Would we have a good answer to give? That's what we hear in the first letter of Peter today. What would we say if somebody asked us that? And if we don't have an answer, then maybe we need to spend a little time remembering what the main thing is and making the main thing the main thing again. It's real simple. We love Jesus because he loved us first. We love him because of what he has done for us. And if we don't have an answer to that question, then we just need to take a look back at our lives and see if we can get clear about what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for you, and what God has done for me, so that we see the love of God for us and for all creation. And we see within ourselves the love of Jesus in our hearts and everything else comes from that. Amen. Amen.